0: What is objective versus subjective reviewing of whiskey and why is it important? Hey there, whiskey noobs. If you're new here, I am your host, Chris Chapinar, and that's going to be the topic of our conversation today. This actually came up on TikTok in in a comment section of mine, actually, and I thought that's a pretty important idea, like the difference between something being objectively good and subjectively good. And so I wanted to do a whole episode about it. And I will get started, as always, with a mystery whiskey, since this isn't going to be an actual review of a specific whiskey-type episode, but I do want to get into why is it important for us to be either objective or subjective and be transparent about that when we're reviewing whiskey. But before we do that, I am going to taste this mystery whiskey, which is something that has been on the show, but not necessarily recently on the show, and you can see if you can guess what I'm drinking. All right, the nose and the palate are pretty similar of this whiskey. It has a good, flavorful, almost like buttery, herbal-type flavor to it, and it, it has a decent amount of body to it for that, but it also does have a little bit of alcohol harshness with that, and that's about as specific as I'm going to get for now. Now, it's important when we're reviewing whiskey to understand the difference between objective and subjective reviewing. So let me specify what I mean by that. When I say objective, I am saying reviewing something as whether it is or is not a good whiskey. When I say subjective, I'm saying reviewing something as whether or not I like a whiskey. That's kind of the difference that there is there. And I think the problem that we see a lot of the times is people mixing up the two. It's important to realize there's no issue with either type of reviewing. There's no problem, especially people like to think there's a problem with subjective reviewing. There's no problem with subjective reviewing, as long as we understand that it's subjective reviewing. And that's something that I try to be very clear about, especially on TikTok, because there's so many people giving so many different opinions on on platforms like TikTok. It's important to try to specify whether you're being objective or subjective. And what I mean by that is sometimes there will be a whiskey that I will recognize as a good whiskey or it's a lot easier to be relative when you're talking about whiskey. So this whiskey I will recognize is better than this whiskey, than this other whiskey, but I might like the other whiskey better. So it's important to understand how you can recognize whether somebody is being objective or subjective and also recognizing within yourself whether you objectively think something is a good whiskey or whether you're biased at all. And so... Whenever you see people giving these reviews using absolutes, I kind of consider that a red flag that they're being subjective. Whenever somebody says, that whiskey is a bad whiskey, that whiskey is trash, something like that. They're probably being subjective, unless it is literally a whiskey that has something wrong with it and has gone bad. They're probably being subjective. And so I always like to frame my reviews or my recommendations, especially when people ask for recommendations, I try to frame them using if then rather than using absolutes. So rather than saying, you should try Angel's Envy, I would say, if you like this, then you should try Angel's Envy. Rather than saying, this whiskey is better than this whiskey, you'll notice I did this on the Budget Bourbon March Madness on the finale. I did I did this type of a review. I said, I'm going to pick Larceny because it's easier for me to drink. But if you like a little bit more bite that also brings more body, you'll probably like Old Granddad Bottled and Bond better. And so I always try to use these if-then type statements because... It's, it's more helpful, in my opinion, to the viewer to hear something in an if-then statement. But I want to walk through some different traits about a whiskey when you're reviewing a whiskey that could be thought of as more objective. And then I'm also going to walk through some that I consider mostly subjective. And I want to be very careful when I do this because I'm not saying that these are 100% objective traits when I say that they're more objective. What I'm saying is you can be a bit more objective about some some of the aspects of reviewing a whiskey. But some of them it's really hard to be objective about. And I know there's going to be people out there who say, for example, when I say the complexity or the specific notes that you get from a whiskey, people are going to say, well, that's subjective because everybody has a different palate. Everybody's going to taste something different. That is correct. There is a subjectivity to it. But overall, there are distinct notes in most whiskeys that distillers intend you to get when you drink it. And there's kind of been a push lately, I've noticed, against this. Like, well, everybody just tastes something different. I think that kind of ruins the legitimate reputation, I guess, of whiskey reviewing. Because when you say, oh, well, anybody could just taste anything, then people think, oh, well, then what's the point in saying that you've got a palate? Or what's the point in me asking you to review whiskey if you're just going to taste something entirely different than what I taste? So it's important to keep in mind that we are still tasting the same liquid. So, So there are base notes that are going to be similar. Now, <clears throat> that might not always mean they're exactly the same. And I think that's where the pushback comes from. I might taste something and say, butterscotch. You might taste something and say, caramel. How similar are butterscotch and caramel candies? They are pretty similar. So we might say something different, but the base notes are still there. The base notes are still the same, and it's important to keep that in mind. So that's actually the first trait that I say is a more objective trait. It can be subjective. I might say butterscotch. You might say Caramel but it's more objective in that there's some kind of a sweetness that would remind you of a butterscotch or a caramel. That that type of a flavor is present in the whiskey. So specific notes, when people are giving you a specific few notes, a lot of times those are more objective. A lot of times if you were to pull a hundred people on the notes they're getting from a whiskey, assuming those people know how to taste whiskey, there's going you're going to be able to Take in all of those notes that people are saying they're getting and realize that there is something common amongst all of them, even if they give you 100 different notes. If one says butterscotch, one says caramel, and one says brown sugar, and one says toffee, those are four completely different words. They're different notes. But I think if I say all four of those, if I say those and three other guys say the three other ones, and you hear us say that, I think you're going to have an idea of what we're trying to get at. And so the notes that a whiskey has is somewhat objective. I'm going to be very careful with objective and subjective in this episode because I can already tell I'm going to mix them up. notes are somewhat objective. They are somewhat without bias. They have a little bit of your bias influencing them, but the specific notes that a whiskey carries, you can kind of give from an objective stance. I can say, this tastes like this. Now, there is a side of that that's subjective, and we will get to that. But first, I want to talk about the rest of the things that I think are more objective. I think it's more objective to say the complexity of a whiskey. Once again, could be a bit subjective. Some people are going to taste it and experience different things. But I think it's more objective to say, this smells different than it tastes. This tastes different the longer it sits in my mouth. This has a bunch of notes. This has almost no notes. That's a little bit more objective. You can objectively get an idea of how complex a whiskey is. Another one that I think is important is harshness. A lot of times, harshness can be objective. Even if you're super accustomed to whiskey, like myself, I drink whiskey all the time, I can still taste a whiskey and say, compared to a bunch of other whiskeys that I've had, this one is more or less harsh. So if you hear people using these types of terms, they're probably being a bit more objective in their review. And this is important because, after this, we're going to talk about things that people say that are subjective, and I really want to drive that point home because I don't want people making decisions on what to buy, what to add to their collection based on subjective reviews, and this a lot of times does not come from actual whiskey reviewers, these subjective points. It comes from like the comments on my videos or the comments on somebody else's videos or is what you hear word of mouth. This whiskey is terrible. That doesn't give me a whole lot of information. You're probably being very subjective. Two more traits that I find pretty objective are the length of the finish. This one's pretty simple. How long does it stay in your mouth for? It's a little bit subjective, as always, especially depending on what you ate. You might taste it more or less. Uh, the finish might last a little bit longer or shorter. But overall, how long of a finish does this have compared to other whiskies? That's pretty objective. You can be pretty objective when you say that. And lastly is the body that a whiskey has. I think this one is arguably one of the most objective. You can tell pretty much right away, and and it's always helpful to be objective when you compare to other whiskeys. So you can tell right away if this has a lot of body compared to a different whiskey, if this has more or less flavor punching you in the mouth when you take a sip compared to other whiskeys. And so one point that I kind of hit on there is... It's important to realize if you're comparing to other whiskeys, that can really help you be objective because what is harsh to me might not be harsh to you. But I can say, this is harsher than this, and that's very that gives you a lot more information. It gives you something to relate to. Kind of like hot sauce. I always think of it like that. Some, everybody has a different threshold for what they consider spicy, but pretty much everybody has the ability to say, this is more spicy than this. This is spicier than this. Sorry, bad grammar. <laughs> but I think you get what I'm trying to allude to there. So when you hear people comparing whiskeys and kind of talking about those sorts of traits, like I just mentioned... I feel like there's a higher chance they're being a little bit more objective about the review. That's not quite as important as what I'm about to talk about, which is understanding when somebody's being subjective. Because if somebody is reviewing something subjectively, once again, there's nothing wrong with that. You just want to be able to recognize it so that you don't think, I'm going to avoid this whiskey forever because this person didn't like it. And then it turns out it's a whiskey that you might really like. Or vice versa. You say, well, this person says this is the best whiskey since sliced bread. And then you try it and you're like, ooh, I don't really like it that much. It's very important. To recognize for that reason, mainly for the folks who are going, that's going to influence what they buy. That's where it's the most important. So, next, I'm gonna talk about traits that I consider, or I guess ways of reviewing your whiskey, that I consider to be more subjective. So, there's a little bit of a pattern that we're gonna kind of establish. I think you're gonna see, but when somebody's being a little bit more subjective, I mentioned that specific notes are a little bit more objective, right? They might mention whether or not those notes are good. Or rather than saying, this tastes like caramel, which stinks, they might just say, it's too sweet. Things like that, words like that, rather than saying, it has a rye spiciness to it. They might say, this is way too strong of a flavor, way too almost spicy of a flavor. They might say that that is being more subjective, and it's really hard to nail that down, especially being the reviewer, and I had come by this super honestly. I mix the two all the time. I try my best not to, and I really try to be clear when I'm being subjective or objective, but I do the same thing sometimes. I'll say, oh, this one's a little bit more harsh. Well, was it more harsh, or did it just have more ride to it? It can be a little bit difficult to understand that, but when they're saying, you know, it's a little bit, Rather than saying it's a little bit caramely for me, if you say this is just too sweet tasting, that could be a good example of how you're letting your own bias come into the picture, which is where I say I bring in if-then statements because this is a great example. I would probably say in that situation, let's say there's something that's too sweet for me, I would say... I think this is a little bit sweet, but if you like the sweeter whiskeys, then this is probably going to be the one for you. I usually do the opposite of this, actually, with rye spice, where I'll be like, this one's really spicy, which just is not in my ballpark, but if you like the stuff that has a little bit of a bite to it, you're going to like this one. You might hear me say that quite a bit, actually. So when people are making a judgment about whether the notes are good or not is a pretty good indicator that they're being subjective in their review. Once again, it doesn't mean it's a bad thing. I'm just saying it's good to know that they're being a little bit subjective. The next thing is if they're mentioning whether or not the notes combine well, whether they go together well, this kind of goes hand in hand with the notes. If they're saying, you know, oh, well, this has caramel, but there's a little bit of anise with that caramel, and that just throws everything off, then they're also being subjective. And I don't want to spend too long on this because it's very similar to the last one, but it's just something to keep in mind. If they're saying it's caramel and then it's anise, end of story, then they're being objective. Next is the harshness or the burn, and I know that I had harshness or burn in the top one as being objective. What I mean here is saying this burns too much. That kind of conversation, saying this has more alcohol burn to it than the other one, that's objective. That's objective saying this burns too much, that is subjective. And this is something that I didn't even know for a while. I thought everybody was like, we want this to be as smooth as humanly possible. But I've met people through TikTok and through Instagram that are like, no, I like the burn. I like it to remind me that I'm drinking whiskey. And it's kind of like liking hot sauce on your food, which is weird because I do like hot sauce on my food. But sometimes I've even had that where I've had an 80 proof or something after been drinking in the 90s and 100s for a while. And you have an 80 proof and you're like, this tastes watery. So sometimes, oh, this burns too much. That's a subjective thing to say. Saying it burns more than X whiskey is an objective way of putting that. And then lastly, this one's a little bit obvious, I think, but saying the finish is too long or too short. Saying this leaves an aftertaste in my mouth is a great way of saying, I don't like the finish of this. So that is subjective. But saying, oh, this leaves an aftertaste in my mouth that tastes like this and it seems to last a very long time, that is an objective way of putting it. So you can really see how you could use different verbiage to mean the same thing and really what you're saying is, I don't like this. This leaves a bad aftertaste in your mouth. That sounds almost objective. You might hear that and be like, oh, it leaves a bad aftertaste. In reality, what they're saying is, I don't like the finish of this whiskey. So I hope that helps clarify some of those points. And I, and this is important not just for listening to other people's reviews, but also for your own because I feel like this is the number one thing that you can get wrong when you're recommending whiskeys to your friends. I think it's the number one thing that you can do to recommend a whiskey to a friend and scare them away from whiskey is you can say, well, this one is the best whiskey that I've ever had, and I've even experienced this quite a bit with Buffalo Trace, and it's something that is a problem because most people don't see every single TikTok I post, and most people don't listen to every single podcast episode except the the people who subscribe. Shout out to all you guys who are subscribed, but a lot of folks will see me on TikTok maybe they listen to a podcast because they specifically want to hear about Buffalo Trace and they'll see TikToks about Buffalo Trace and they'll see one TikTok saying how delicious it is how much I love it and they don't see the other TikTok that I've made saying also don't buy this for too much money or also I like this because it's my palate also I'm biased towards this because it was one of the first whiskeys I liked They're not seeing me explain that I am subjective about how much I like Buffalo Trace. So I've fallen into this trap as well where I've had friends tell me, I tried that and didn't like it very much. And I'm like, oh, that's totally okay. I'll even buy it off you if you want. My point was that I really like it. But maybe if you didn't like that, you should try this. And so it's important to keep those sorts of things in mind, especially I know exactly who I'm talking to right now who's listening to this. I am talking to the person who is trying to get their friends into whiskey, who's always recommending those sorts of whiskeys to their friends or sending them videos about whiskey or Or I'm talking to the person who's trying to get into whiskey by watching TikToks and seeing what people are saying about whiskey. I'm talking to both of you guys because that first guy, make sure you're trying to be a little bit more objective with your friends. That second guy, make sure you're only taking advice if it's objective advice. Or if it's subjective, make sure you're recognizing that. That's my big point here. And so a couple of examples of how you can utilize this. When you're recommending something, I'm going to run through each of those things I just talked about pretty briefly. When you're recommending something, you don't want to say it's too sweet. You want to say it tastes like caramel. You don't want to say it's too spicy. You want to say it has a a strong spice to it, has a strong black pepper note to it, has a strong ginger note to it. You want to say things like that because maybe to somebody that's what they want. And then in terms of complexity, that one's kind of hard to be subjective about, but you really could be subjective about it. You could say, oh, this has too much going on, or oh, this is too bland. Maybe people want bland. Maybe there are people out there, and I know folks like this, who they like that one specific flavor that a whiskey brings them. That's the flavor that they want. So if it has just that flavor, that's what they're looking for. So complexity you, it might sound, if you're being subjective, it might sound like, oh, this is too boring. this There's too much going on. I can't even keep track of what flavors I'm getting. Things like that. Harshness. you It might sound like this burns too much. Instead, you want to say, if you like a little bit of bite, you're going to like this one. If it's hard for you to drink things that burn, you're going to like that one. Length of finish. You don't want to say, this left a bad aftertaste in my mouth. You want to say... After I take a sip, I'm getting this flavor in my mouth for a pretty long time that reminds me of this. Then somebody can make an objective decision about whether or not they want to buy it. Lastly, the body. Once again, you don't want to say, oh, this just punched me in the mouth. I can't take that. That's nasty. You want to say, this has a ton of body. Or you can say, this punched me in the mouth with flavor. If that's what you want, you're going to love it. But you don't want to say, oh, my gosh, that was way too much. It's overwhelming. Those are. Just a few examples, and I hope I don't sound too righteous here because I really want everybody to be aware that I make these same mistakes all of the time. I'm just making this video to help you guys see the mistakes that you can make in both giving recommendations and receiving recommendations. And maybe that's why I'm making this, is to kind of set that in stone for myself as well because I do the same thing. I do the same thing all the time. But I wanted to give you some tips as to how you can recognize that how you can say if-then type things in order to give a recommendation or receive a recommendation. You can retrain yourself when somebody says that's too sweet. Retrain yourself to think, if I want a sweet whiskey, that's the one that I'm going to want. And obviously, this extends beyond whiskey, but I'm a whiskey podcast, so that's what I'm going to talk about. So hopefully, that will help you to decipher those things and maybe to help you with recommending to your friends a little bit and understanding the best way that you can present these sorts of things to other people. Because when it comes down to it, being a community of whiskey drinkers, this is very important because the quickest way to divide folks is to give a subjective opinion, to say that whiskey stinks. Instead, you want to say, if you like this, then you're going to like this whiskey. I think that's the best way as a whiskey drinking community for us to all get along and have different opinions. I say that mostly coming from a place of seeing TikTok comments, seeing things like that, Instagram comments, getting messages from people about this whiskey's terrible. That's your opinion. And you might be tasting things a little bit differently than somebody else. And you certainly have a different palate than somebody else and a different preference for what that palate should be than somebody else. So hopefully that's helpful. I'm going to wrap this up with a quick review of this mystery whiskey and a couple closing thoughts and then that will be all for today. So this whiskey that I'm drinking right here is just not sweet enough and it has too much burn for the amount of flavor that you get out of it. You see what I did there? (laughs) So that was a great example of being very, very subjective in my review of this whiskey. What I mean to say is this whiskey has some more pale type notes that do bring it a good amount of flavor, but that flavor gets outwashed to me by the harshness a little bit. It has a little bit more harshness than I would anticipate for the amount of body that this whiskey does have. But the notes that it does have, it does have a touch of sweetness. I mentioned it's like a pale sweetness though. It's kind of like honey with a little bit of a bitterness from some type of herby, earthy type note. And I would say that it has almost a bit of spiciness that you might anticipate from ginger. That might give it away, but it also might not, because this is kind of a difficult one. (laughs) Uh... But what I am actually drinking here, you might recall if you've been around for a little while, Suntory's Whiskey Toki. Uh, and I haven't drank it for a while. Somebody actually commented on TikTok and said, you never touch that Whiskey Toki bottle. And that's not on purpose. Well, I should say it's not because I don't like it. It's a little bit on purpose because lately I've been really focusing on my bottles that are getting to the halfway point or less because I need to start weeding them out or they're going to start going bad eventually. If, as a bottle gets below half, it the the amount of time that it has left on this planet uh, exponentially <laughs> decreases because it'll oxidize a little bit faster. And so I always drink them quite a bit faster when they get that low. So that's why Suntory still had a lot in it. And, and so it's one of those that I was like, I haven't drank it very much. Let's keep it that way for a little while until I get some of these ones out of here that are almost empty. But it's a very enjoyable glass and for me. <laughs> and I think I do think that there's a little bit more harshness than you would anticipate with that body. But once again, that could always be somebody's preference to have a little bit more harshness. But it had those nice honey notes in it. One thing that it has more than most whiskeys that I've had are these herbal type notes to it, which I think are pretty different, which I, I enjoy that about it. But that's all that I've got for that mystery review today. And once again, I just want to reiterate, I'm not saying objective or subjective is better. All I'm saying is it's good to recognize the two. It's just like my opinion you might recall about finished bourbons. I'm not saying they're better or worse than normal bourbon. I'm just saying we got to recognize when it's actually a finished bourbon versus when it's a normal bourbon. That's all. So objective versus subjective, keep it in mind when you're hearing about reviews or when you're giving recommendations to people because that can make or break what somebody thinks about you as a whiskey drinker. That can make or break whether or not somebody's going to take your advice seriously. So keep it in mind. But that's all that I've got for this episode today. So thank you guys for listening. And as always, if you want to learn how to drink, then you have to drink to learn. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Whiskey Noobs. If you like the show, please make sure that you tell anyone you know who you think would be interested in the hobby or in the podcast. That way we can help to spread the word and continue to grow. Please also make sure to review the show on Apple Podcasts and share our posts on Instagram at whiskey underscore noobs or on TikTok at whiskey noobs podcast. Uh, It only takes a couple of minutes and it really does a lot to help spread the word and grow the podcast. Also, there is an email list for the show. If you'd like to join, you can just send an email to whiskeynoobspodcast whiskey noobs podcast at gmail.com and in the subject line put email list i will add you to the list and then you'll be updated every month with the whiskeys that we will be drinking on the show throughout the month that way you can drink right along with us and see if you're getting the same notes once again thank you so much for listening to the show the whiskey noobs podcast does not support underage or otherwise irresponsible consumption of alcohol